Welcome to the Baseball Show. Chicago's only interactive nightly show focused on Major League Baseball. Baseball. And for the first time in 12 years, the Cubs and Sox are both in the postseason. On radio, on app, on podcast. Listen to the show your way on ESPN 1000 or the new ESPN Chicago app. Presented by Goose Island Beer Company and sponsored by the Points Bet Sportsbook. The, the baseball, baseball show. show on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. <laughs> It's the baseball show here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. If you want to talk about the Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Cubs, you can call us at 312-332-3776. I know the focus tonight is the winner for the Sox 4-1 over the Athletics. They take a 1-0 series lead in the American League wild card. But the Cubs play tomorrow, too. They get their first game started tomorrow. You can hear the game right here on ESPN 1000 starting at 1245 tomorrow. Cubs and Marlins game one of the NL wild card game. So we are focusing on the Sox. We will preview the Cubs as we go along here this hour on ESPN 1000. Big game from Lucas Giolito. He was fantastic. Seven innings pitch, one earned run, eight strikeouts, one walk, he was awesome for the Chicago White Sox and really setting the tone early on. Many innings, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, all the way until the seventh. He had a no hitter. He had a perfect game going until Lestella hit a single up the middle to break that up. But Giolito was fantastic today. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at just his performance overall throughout this season, you know, it's not surprising that people are questioning whether or not he should have come out for the eighth inning, Chris. And I, I know he only gave up one hit. But if you look at his outings through the throughout the entire season, yeah. um, it's six innings, six innings, seven innings, five innings, seven innings, no hitter, five innings, six innings, five and two-thirds, six innings, and six innings. So for him to go into the eighth inning is would be wouldn't be the norm, right? But given the way he was pitching, given the magnitude of the game, you can understand putting him out there until he, you know, was uh, got into some trouble, right? Uh, was he left in for a batter for one batter too long? Probably, but this is a results-based industry, obviously, and outcome bias and outcome bias. They won four to one, no harm, no foul, and they move on, and they're one win away from moving on to the ALDS. We start every baseball show with our first pitch, and here it is. The first pitch. Play ball. Throwing out the first pitch, and I have to say, this was rather impressive. On the baseball show. Right there's your first pitch, and then some. On ESPN 1000. So as we recap the Sox victory over the A's earlier today, and Giolito was fantastic, like we were talking about, uh, from the very start, bottom first, one, two, three. Bottom second, one, two, three. Bottom third, one, two, three innings for Giolito. So he got uh, off to a hot start, not allowing any runners on base, no hits, no walks, nothing. And he was fantastic. And the White Sox, they're scoring. The bats kind of uh, got things going early. And that's when we get to Adam Engel in the second. The 2 Swing and a high fly ball. Well struck left field. That one back there. Grossman near the wall looking up and that's gone. 
It's a home run for Adam Engel. And the White Sox jump out to the one nothing lead as it got over the high wall. And for Engel, his fourth, one zip Chicago. So Adam Engel with the home run, the score, one nothing White Sox, top of the second inning, getting off to a good start. Something we talked about last night on the baseball show, how the Sox had to get a lead early because this A's bullpen is so good. Get a lead early in these games. So good. They're the best bullpen yeah. in Major League Baseball. They have the lowest ERA in Major League Baseball. And this is from our friend Sarah Langs, Slangs on Sports. Adam Engel is the first player in White Sox history with a home run in his first career postseason at bat. And we talked about it yesterday. We talked about a few things yesterday that came kind of came to fruition, Chris, right? Like you yep. need you need a solid outing from Lucas Giolito, which we all kind of expected the way he's been pitching this season. If there was one offense in Chicago that we had confidence in being able to flip the switch, they remember, they scored eight runs in their loss to the Cubs to end the season. So everybody kind of thought and was talking, maybe that's a turning point. Maybe, you know, they still weren't quitting. It could have been the last game of the season. They could have just set the bat on their shoulder and kind of packed it in. But they rallied, they came back, they ended up losing that game 10-8, to but they still put up eight runs against the Cubs team. So now, the importance of getting off to a good offensive start, the home run from Adam Engel, the home run from Jose Abreu, Yasmani Grandal gets in on it as well, you get to the A's early, and then you avoid you know, having to score runs against this really good bullpen, which has been the best part about this A's team this season. So we said in the uh, bottom of the first, bottom of the second, Giolito, Sits down six in a row. Uh, we go to the top of the third. Tim Anderson gets his second hit of the day. And then Jose Abreu comes to the dish, top three. Next offering, swing and a drive. Well struck, left center field, way back and gone. Jose Abreu will touch them all. Maybe an MVP. And it's 3 nothing. Chicago on top. That's how explosive this offense can be with Chicago. And that is why... He is legitimately the MVP front runner in the American League. What a great at bat. Dropping the bat head there. Lazardo spinning one out over the plate. Abreu was able to get his hands extended and just crushed it. Losing, using that bottom half that is so strong with his legs and just crushed that ball out of this ballpark at Oco, making it look like a small ballpark. So there you go, top three, and you can hear the highlights right here on ESPN 1000. Book Shambi, Jim Bowden uh, on the call of this one on ESPN Radio. Abreu with his two-run home run, 3 nothing White Sox. Top three, things looking great. Bottom three, Giolito once again, one, two, three. Uh, top of four for the Sox. Engel gets a double to deep left. So, I mean, Engel in the lineup today was huge. A mm-hmm. couple of hits, including the home run. And then uh, we head to the bottom of the fourth. Uh, and that's also in the fourth where we see Lazardo come out of the game for the A's and they go to the bullpen. So only uh, the three innings for Lazardo. He's in, out of the game in the fourth. And that's when the bullpen's in for the A's. Bottom of the fourth, you see Giolito go one, two, three. Once again, the perfect game, the no hitter alive. We get to the bottom of the, uh, we get to the top of the fifth. The White Sox go one, two, three. And then we go to the bottom of the fifth, and Giolito, one, two, three, perfect through five. He only used nine pitches in the fifth inning. And things were rolling for the Sox. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he, he got better 
as the game went on, uh, on the broadcast on ESPN, they were talking about how his fastball was missing towards his arm side a little bit towards the beginning of the game, and that meant he was probably a little amped up for this start, and then it, he kind of calmed down and relaxed as the game was going. And you saw them zoom in on his face, and he was kind of like, you know, in between each pitches, like going back and forth from foot to foot, and he was in, he was in the zone. Uh, he's speaking to the media right now. They called it his bully state. Uh, oh. When he's in, he's in his bully state. Okay. Is what he, that's not what he calls it. That's what the media is okay. calling it. Right. And he was like, oh, I kind of like the name for that. So he was in he was in that zone for sure. So we go to the top of the six. Uh, Robert gets a single. How about that? Finally, Good. he gets a hit for the Sox. The Sox don't score in that inning. Uh, the score is still 3 nothing. White Sox. Giolito, three more strikeouts in the six. And he is just dealing. Here's your two. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. He strikes out the side. And how about Lucas Giolito? Six perfect innings so far in Oakland. Okay, so we move to the seventh. And the seventh is where things get interesting. A for the White Sox in the top of the inning. Anderson gets his third hit of the day. Tim Anderson showing up for a playoff game. I mean, Think about it. Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson, two players that for years have played for bad White Sox teams. Right, They show up, they show out in their first playoff appearance. Pretty excellent, right? Mm-hmm. So three hits for Anderson. And the bottom of the seventh. So we just heard that there, the highlight of Giolito being perfect through six. Now, this is why I pointed it out, and we talked about it with Waddle and Sylvie. It's the third time through the lineup now for the A's facing Giolito. And that's where we get Tommy Listella up at the plate. Tommy Listella, good contact hitter, got some pop, digs back in left side. Here comes the 2-2. Swing and a ground ball up the middle. That's a base hit. And Listella breaks up the perfect game. So Listella gets a hit, and there goes the perfect game. There goes the no-hitter right there. And in that rest of the inning, the bottom of the seventh, uh, Giolito does get out of it with a strikeout of Simeon uh, with a 94-mile-per-hour fastball right down the middle. And so we head to the eighth. You know, the key that I would point out here, though, is... As we were heading into the eighth, I wrote down, will Giolito start the eighth? He's at 94 pitches. Mm -hmm. Now, I get it. Like, yes, he's your ace. You want him to go out there and deal as long as you can. But like I mentioned just a second ago, the, the bottom of the seventh was the third time through the lineup. So now you're in the danger zone when you're looking at the advanced analytics when you're looking at pitchers and how long they should go into games and two he's getting close to 100 pitches 94 at the end of seven well he's only gone past the seventh inning as far as you know pitch count or not pitch count but as far as like inning counts goes you know yeah once and that's when he threw the no hitter everything else has been seventh inning and that happened twice this year early in the year it earlier in august he went twice he went into the seventh inning twice and then the other one was the no-hitter. So this would have been his fourth time this year. So it was a little interesting to say, hey, you gave up the hit. You know, great job. We got these last two innings. I don't think anybody would have faulted Ricky Renteria for saying, look, we got, we have a good bullpen. We can get two guys out there to get these two innings worth of outs. Top of the eighth. How about Yasmani Grandal for the Sox? The 3-2. Swing and a high fly ball. Well struck. Right field on its way. Gone. Home run, Yasmani Grandal, and the White Sox have added another, and it is four to nothing. Home runs ruling the day for the Pale Hose. So eight innings, four nothing. Sox, we go to the bottom of the eighth. Giolito then walks Canna. Uh, Renteria comes out, 
faces Giolito at the mound, leaves, leaves Giolito in the contest. Next batter, Lamb single to right. And that's when the Sox decide to take Lucas Giolito out of the game. Evan Marshall comes in. Um, Leonardo, uh, ground out, uh, fielder's choice. Canna scores 4-1 Sox. Uh, the ER, the earned run goes to Giolito on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the A's had uh, base runners on first and second. Marshall out. Then Aaron Bummer comes in. He ends the inning right there on La Stella with a ground out. So now the Sox head to the ninth inning. They go one, two, three. Colome comes in in the bottom of the ninth for the White Sox. And this is how the game ended. Colome looking in at McCann. Nods, yes. Olsen waits. The 2 2. Swing and a miss struck him out. And that's the ball game. The White Sox take game one. Thanks to a brilliant performance by Lucas Giolito. Well, homers and Lucas Giolito, that was the recipe for success today. And hopefully it's the recipe tomorrow in game two. Dallas Keuchel give us at least six-plus solid innings. And let's get a couple more home runs from this lineup. Yeah, absolutely. I think this was a perfect recipe for the uh, White Sox today. You don't want to have to get to a third game. So get to your horses, get to your, you know, get through these guys and, and make sure that you don't have to, we don't have to worry about who's pitching that third game because there's no answer right now. Is it Dane Dunning? Is it Dylan Cease? Is it a, a Ricky Renteria day? By which means it's a bullpen day and who knows what could happen. I don't want to have to get to that. I just, just yeah. win tomorrow. Just win tomorrow. Let's talk to Nick and Wheaton. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Nick? Hey, can you guys hear me? Yep. yep, we got you. Go ahead. Beautiful. So, hey, man, just being a longtime Sox fan, I just want to say that it's beautiful watching what everything that's going on with the last couple weeks. Or, well, last couple weeks have been terrible, but the last couple days, obviously, have been great. But my question for you is, is living in the city and being a part of this for a long time, I almost don't want us to win it because I feel like I'm going to get the bunch of you-know-what from the people on the north side being like, hey, you didn't earn it. You didn't play the whole year. Everything else didn't happen right. You guys fell into something. So I just want to know, being a Sox fan and, and a diehard Sox fan, yeah. am I okay kind of hoping that we go far but don't win it all? Because at the end of the day, like, I want to actually – I want to be a part of it. I want to see it. I want to be there live. And so, you know, watching this team come to fruition right now when they're so young and they have so much talent that we should be along this for a long time, I kind of want to see them, you know – have to earn it a little bit more instead of just walking into it. Thanks, guys, for letting you talk now. Yeah, no problem, Nick. And uh, my short answer to you would be no. Enjoy it. Yeah, you should want to absolutely. win now. My long answer would be, what's the quote from Don Draper in Mad Men when he says, happiness is the moment before you need more happiness? Mm-hmm. Like, enjoy it now, because guess what? You're going to want more in I would the future. Just... You're going to want more championships. You want more winning. Like, don't just put off enjoying this now because hopefully something will happen in the, in the future enjoy it now you'll want more in the future i will use a quote from the manager uh you know up north that said if they're giving out a trophy i want it yeah so, absolutely how about that take absolutely. that absolutely take that, take that. speaking of take we that. will check in with david kaplan on his walk as one he is walking home right now we will talk to him next the baseball show on chicago's home for sports espn 1000 and the espn chicago app It's the baseball show on ESPN 1000. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. We will continue to take your calls at 312-332-3776. Big win for the White Sox today, 4-1 over the Athletics. 
But we need to check in with David Kaplan. He's on his walk home, 29 miles, to raise money for Bernie's Book Bank. You can go to berniesbookbank.org to find out all the information. Cap, you've been walking all day. Give us a status update. How's it going? Do we have Cap? Cap. Cap. Cap, you there? Cap. Cap, how's it going? Well, it's the northern suburbs. Bad service. How's it going? So it's good. So we're 20, almost 23 miles in, and we've raised north of $60,000. Wow. Yeah, and it's been an amazing, amazing day. We've hit all these different checkpoints, and Tom Ricketts came out and met us and handed us a check, and every team has participated in some way, shape, or form. A bunch of the athletes, uh, and then just people going to walkasonechicago.com or going to obvious shirts and buying a commemorative shirt on the walk. And so I think we're going to come in north of 70 grand. And we got five miles left, and we're just grinding, man. It's me, it's Darren, who is the CEO of Bernie's Book Bank, our guy Sam Frasco from. Sam. The ESPN security team, he's the head Sam. man. Yeah. And Greg Bragg. Oh, Greg. I heard Greg wasn't holding up too well. Greg is holding up well. You heard wrong. <laughs> he's, 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 he's the one he's that's in the, in the Twitch, Twitch chat. Yeah. Saying, he's trying to Twitch and walk at the same time, talking about how out of shape he's realizing he actually is. Yeah, he was trying to Twitch and almost walked into the lake. So is this something that, you know, like, I mean, listen, walking's good for you. Could you walk home every day? <laughs> No shot. <laughs> no shot. My ACL repaired right knee. There's a little barking going on, but thank you, thank you, CBDMD, promo code Waddle. <laughs> yes, really promo code Waddle. Uh, Cap, what's the uh, place that people can still donate at? So go to walkasonechicago.com, and you'll see it. It'll take you right to the Bernie's Book, pay, book Bank fundraising page and it'll click on there and you can make a donation that helps so many kids as hoodie so eloquently put it one in three kids in austin don't have wi-fi well if you're not in school how are you e-learning without wi-fi so what bernie's does is they've given over 18 million books over the last 10 years eight hundred ninety thousand books since the pandemic started so they're trying to help in you know the best possible way to keep kids reading do we do we have our special guest on the line? Or uh, Cap, can you say hello to our special guest? Hello, special guest. Cap, I haven't talked to you in at least two hours. It's Craig. How That's are you? It. My guy, Craig Cormazan, our boss. Hi, Craig. Hey. So what? So uh, what's uh, how did the Ricketts stop go? What's the total up to? How are we doing here? We're doing very well. The Ricketts stop went amazingly well. He came out on the street along the route and met us and gave us a really nice check. And right now, we're right around $62,000. That is amazing. That is amazing. Thank you for what uh, all of you are doing today. It's, uh, it's been a great uh, way to follow you and uh, to, uh, to see how it's all going. So uh, I want to just uh, jump in and out. It's a busy day in baseball, so I don't want to uh, get in the way of the baseball show. And uh, um, let me uh, let's add a one at the beginning of that. So uh, just not not to the beginning of it, but uh, add a ten thousand uh, dollar donation to that. So let's turn that six into a seven at the beginning, and uh, and and just keep doing the good work you're doing. Oh my God, you're amazing, amazing! Thank you, thank you, thank you. The people at Bernie's Book Bank are going to be over the moon when I tell them that. 
Yeah, well, it should be a lot of books. And, uh, again, what they do is incredible. And uh, you just bringing all of the attention to what they do today is so great. And then the the dollars you're raising are fantastic. So thanks for being uh, such a good teammate uh, here at uh, ESPN 1000 and good karma. And and, uh, happy uh, that I can get you. God bless you. Thank you for your generosity. And, you know, we all are teammates together and just glad we could all come together like this. Travis and Rachel have been with us every step of the way here with the ESPN van, and they've just done an amazing job along with the Bernie's Book Bank team. So it's been a, a really rewarding experience. Yeah, it, it would have been more except my five-team parlay that I did uh, <laughs> uh, this weekend included the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, that that uh, cost Bernie's Book Bank some money. But, uh, <laughs> but it's still, uh, At least you had your Packers in there, still, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you had your Green Bay Packers in there. They did. I, I mean, the the other four were were golden, and uh, and Nick Foles. Uh, if your guy Mitch was there, I'm not sure. I think Bernie's book bank would have had a little more, but, uh, but he was. So. <laughs> yeah, no question about it. Well, thank you again, Craig. You're awesome, man. Yeah, see, that's why uh, Cap loves uh, Mitch so much because yeah, Mitch would have made more money for Bernie's book yeah, bank. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Craig. Talk hey. to you later. Mitch, Bye. Mitch, who? Wow. Oh, come on, Cap. So, Cap, where can people, if they want to meet up for the celebration at the end of this, where can they go? So it's called Jans Jensen Park in Highland Park, and it's right near downtown Highland Park, so they can find us there, and they can come by and say hi, make a donation, or just, you know, virtually, you know, kind of distance, socially distance high five and say good job on what we were able to accomplish today. And, it's, you know, people like Craig doing that, that is amazing. amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And and what, what time? Last, last night, last night from his hotel room in Oakland, I see a text pop up and it says Rick Renteria, and I'm like, no way. And it's, hey, I'm not back there, but what address can I send a check to? I want to make a donation to this awesome cause. Then it's David Ross. Then it was Kyle Hendricks, Tim Anderson, uh, Billy Donovan. Yeah, like you wouldn't believe all the different people. That's awesome. What what time so, do you expect to be there, Cap? I would think, hmm, I would guess forty five minutes to an hour will be done. Okay, all right. We'll we'll so, keep uh, following you on social media to track your progress. Uh, appreciate you guys. I yep. love busted chops with you guys. You know, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I was I was listening to the show this morning Scott, trying to. Yeah, I love you too, Cap. We were listening this morning trying to to see if uh, our Chris our, made some art. Yeah, we we art. made something for you. Hanging in the, in the Louvre. Louvre. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a hard pass from this end. <laughs> All right, Cap, hard go get him. Go get him. Keep going. Keep walking. Keep walking. One foot in front of the other. One step at a time. One step. One, one whatever. One, yeah, yeah. One step. One stride. One donation at a time. Boom. Put it on a shirt. You got it. Keep grinding. All right. We'll talk to you later. That's David Kaplan. He's work. Whoop. <laughs> Cap, you still there? I said, see you, two dudes from Libertyville. Oh, God, see you. Right. Why did you, I, why you did I walk, even do that? Walk up to Libertyville. I just walked right walk into the trap. Walk up to Libertyville, the 604. I just walked into the trap. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Craig Carmazan uh, from Good Karma Brands. He's the founder and CEO of this company that owns our station here at ESPN 1000, donating $10,000 
to Bernie's Book Bank. I mean, how incredible is that? So Cap's going to keep walking. Uh, We'll follow along on social media. We are going to continue talking baseball with you. 312-332-3776. Your call is next. From Wrigley on the north to guaranteed rate on the south. This is the Baseball Show on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Looking in at McCann. Nods, yes. Olsen waits. The 2-2. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. And that's the ball game. The White Sox take game one. Thanks to a brilliant performance by Lucas Giolito. Well, homers and Lucas Giolito. That was the recipe for success today. The White Sox lead the American League wildcard series against the A's. 1-0 with the win. Today, 4-1, to one. Giolito was fantastic. The other games going on in Major League Baseball today in the playoffs, the Astros beat the Twins 4-1. to one. How about that? I, I'm just sighing as, as someone who bet on the Twins today. Yeah, I know. You were because, watching it. You were upset. Yeah, because you you walked in the game-winning run and then let them score two. Oh, it's so stupid, but whatever. For, forget it. Listen, I... I, I so many swear yeah, words. No, I yeah, saw, I saw them come Good. across your Good. face. That's what you get, twins. That's yeah. what you get. Yeah. yeah, I hate all of you. That is the twins' seventeenth straight playoff loss. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. I hope Brutal. eighteen. One more. Bottom seven. The Rays lead three nothing over the Blue Jays in that contest. Heading to the bottom of the second. The Indians trail the Yankees. It's 2-0 Yanks over the Indians in the other game going on in the American League wildcard round. And the National League will uh, kick off tomorrow. Yeah, they will. And uh, we'll have Cubs baseball for you in their first game against the Marlins right here, 1245 uh, Central Standard Time on ESPN Chicago. And, uh, shout ESPN out to baseball. Uh, only playing four games today and having them basically end by what? 8 o'clock? I mean... I don't understand the, the this. The Yankees-Indians game is in the in the second. It's You have other West right. Coast teams. You couldn't put on another West okay. Coast game tonight? All right, baseball. Whatever you want. Let's go to Dan and Crest Hill. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, guys. Uh, I just wanted to throw a message out to the guy that called in earlier, essentially saying that the Sox should lay it down because it's a short season. There's a yeah. Cubs friend in front of him. Um, he needs to forget that the Cubs are still in this also. Uh, the Sox aren't out of it. If the Sox lay it down and the Cubs make it all the way to the World Series and they win, what are you going to do? Are you going to say the same thing to them? Oh, it's a short season? No, they're going to still win, and they're going to say, hey, we won a World Series. Why don't we try to make it to the World Series? Cubs-Sox World Series would be awesome. Yeah, no, yeah, no Dan, it would be you, good, and I feel like that's a, uh, like the people, and, and yes, I, I know Sylvie said this too, so yes, I, I am in a way going after Sylvie, but I think that the you can change your expectations. I'm going to come change, after you if you that's go fine. after him. You can, no, my point is this, you can change your expectations. You know, Sox fans, everybody was saying, people were saying beforehand, all the, the analysts, everything, look, if the Sox make a run in the playoffs and they get to the DS or they get to the championship series and they lose, it's a year early. This is, everybody's comparing it. I hate that. To, everybody's comparing it to the year when the, the, the Cubs made, uh, didn't make the World Series and they made it the next year and they won the next year. Expectations change. This is one of the hottest teams in baseball all year. This is one of the best teams in baseball uh, offensively 
all year till the last week of the season. Expectations change. Once you see this talent come to fruition, you can change your expectations. You can say, no, you know what? Now this team, this talent has what it takes to to win a World Series. They get outings like that from Giolito like he did today. You get the offense to show up. like they did today, the defense played really well behind Giolito, you have that kind of an outing, that's a World Series team. That team has a chance to win the World Series. And just to say, oh, well, we're playing with, you know, house money or whatever. No, no, win the day, win it all right now. It doesn't matter. And then you know what? Win it again next year when it was supposed to be your year. You know why I hate that logic? How many championships are exactly right on time? They never are. No, I'm I'm just like... Some of them are, but, but, you know... Win, win. Name me a championship that they're like, yep, that's it. Nationals last year, right on time. They entered the station right on time. Not a minute early, not a minute late. No, you play for every championship. Yeah. What kind of nonsense is that? I can't, like, I can't see that... Like, if they lost tomorrow and they lose game three on Thursday, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, aw, shucks, guess we'll get them next year when it was supposed to be our year. No, win it now. Win the whole thing right now. Get as far as you can. And if not, you'll you'll be ready next year. You're ready this year. This offense is ready next this year. This team is ready this year. Well, I they don't mean, have a third starter, but they're ready this that's year. That's what I was going to say. We'll Everybody see what Keiko gives us year. tomorrow. Everybody else is ready this year. Mike and Gurney, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Mike? Hey, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to the Tide. Roll Tide. Roll but, Tide. Uh, roll Tide. Uh, but I uh, really called to let you know that uh, I want, I grew up in a household of six people, uh, uh, four kids, my two parents, five of the six of us were Cub fans. I mean, we used to tease my brother, Daryl, uh, that he was a Sox fan. He must have been dropped on his head as a child. But, you know, besides that, we, you know, we really think that every team deserves a day in the sun. And if this is truly the Sox year, I'm with them. And if any Cubs fan is not with them, they are truly not a baseball fan. All right, Mike. I, I, yeah, I get you. I get you there. I mean, I think it isn't isn't it silly, Mike? Those who just completely hate the other team when for so many years they haven't even played for the same thing. That's the thing that I've never understood with the rivalry. It's completely silly. And look at it. At the end of the day, if the Cubs fall short and the White Sox pull ahead of them this year, every Cubs fan should look at this as the Ricketts impetus to bring in more talent next next year because they have to get ahead of the White Sox yeah. again. Am I right? Apply some pressure. Yeah, exactly. you got to apply the pressure. And if you, if you really want to be truly that guy and be that Cubs fan, you look at today's game that way. Hey, Giolito's no-hitter was broken up by who? Touchdown Tommy Listella, <laughs> the ex-Cub factor. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. But I'm not going to be that guy. I mean, I, I hope the Sox right. do well, but I hope my Cubs do better. All right, awesome. Thanks for the call, Mike. Call again, all right? All right. Take care, guys. <laughs> Let's go to Joe and Bourbonnet. That was awesome. Joe and Bourbonnet, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, what's up, boys? Thanks for taking my call. What's up, Joe? There was no a problem, guy man. earlier. There was a guy earlier who was talking about how his Cub friends could say that, you know, if the Sox were to win the World Series, it's like, okay, well, you didn't play a full season. Right. Well, this is a season like none other, right? My question is, yeah, because we all started on the same same uh, playing field. It's not like the White Sox just were like, all right, we're going to sit out the first like half of the season, then we're going to come in. Everyone was on the same playing field. My question is, is if you wind up winning this World Series, seeing as though 
It was like the Marlins and the Cardinals going through all day did. If you win this World Series, couldn't that be put up with like many others where not only did you have to deal with the same playing field as others, you dealt with a global effing pandemic, dude. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, so it's like I don't think this World Series, I don't think a championship this year should be held any less than other. I would almost say maybe a notch or two more where it's like you dealt a lot, man. Like it, it's there's a lot to battle through. You look at uh, what's going on with the NFL right now. You battle through all that, and you wound up being the uh, the best team to come out of it. I think this would be a very special aspect to go on across of it and then uh, say, oh, well, we only played 60 games because some teams didn't even play the full 60. <laughs> Yeah, but Joe, no, Joe, you make, you make a great point. Thanks mm-hmm. for the phone call. You know, it was something I was thinking about the other day with LeBron James and the Lakers and the Heat getting to the NBA Finals. You know, we have to give credit to these teams getting through. Mm-hmm. What are you smirking at? No, nothing. To Just, get through this. And with the baseball teams, the fact that they didn't have a bubble and they were able to pull this off, you have to give credit to it. I'm not. No. I'm not looking at these championships that we are seeing. I'm not looking at the lightning from the the hockey championship the other night and saying up oh, asterisk bubble. Look, no, I'm looking at it as like wow, I pretty impressive that the lightning won the Stanley Cup. That's yeah. what I'm looking at. I don't. I don't know who it was for the lightning because I don't know anything about the lightning. It wasn't a player. It was either their GM or their owner or someone said said that or maybe it was their coach. I have no idea. Steel? Huh? I have no idea. The point is that he said, the quote is, we've we've been in the bubble (laughs) the entire baseball season. Yeah. Like, that's tough. Like, over 64 days or something like that. That's tough. Like, like going through the travel restrictions, or going through the restrictions you have on when you can be in the the facility, when you can't be in the facility, what you can do, what you can't do, worrying about your family, all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm not... I'm not saying it's harder than a regular season because it is a fraction of the games, but mentally it's taking a toll on these guys because, look, what's the excuse when we talk about people that have poor performances? We're using the coronavirus and, and what people are going through as an excuse for that. So why can't you say, oh, well, look, because trust me, it's only going to be the teams that don't win that say that there should be an asterisk. It's only going to be the Cubs fans if the Sox win, and it's only going to be Sox fans if the Cubs win that say, uh, oh, well, you didn't win it in a full season, so those guys can stick it. What about the Brewers? Stick it. Are the Brewers saying that? Stick it. No, no, no. Do you think the Brewers are saying that? Maybe. What about the Blue Jays? Stick it. They wouldn't be in the playoffs if there wasn't this weird season. Stick it. Keith on the road. You're on ESPN 1000. Don't tell that to. Don't say that to Keith though. Yeah, Keith, go I'm, ahead. I'm a 50 year White Sox fan. Yeah, I come from a family of Cub fans, and this would make my the rest of the year the winter time. I spent winter in Atlanta last year with no snow. This would make this year's winter in Chicago feel so much better and so much easier to go through with a World Series title. And Keith, if 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 your if your Cubs fans family if they say if they talk smack because it was only sixty games, what are you going to tell them? Go get a mask and shut up. Stick it. That's Stick awesome, it. Keith. Get a mask and shut up. Thank you, Keith. Have a great night. All right, y'all too. <laughs> this is the baseball show. This, this, this is Chicago's, Chicago's home, home for sports. For sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Yeah, stick it.
Blackhawks win 4-1. to one. Leave the Sears 1-0 over the Athletics. You can hear the Cubs and the Marlins tomorrow right here on ESPN 1000 starting at 1245. Waddle and Sylvie will be with you after the game and then Black and Abdallah with the baseball show until 8 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000. Black and Abdallah talking with you right now here on ESPN 1000. Let's hear from the manager from the Chicago White Sox. They get a big win today. Ricky Renteria meeting the media after the game. Ricky, uh, what was it like from from your seat watching Lucas do what he did today? I know you're always confident that he can turn something in like that, but uh, to go six perfect innings in his first uh, six innings in the playoffs is pretty impressive. Pretty cool. It's a neat. It was neat to see. Um, I know there was a question about would it affect his last outing, would it affect this one, and um, obviously it didn't. He, he threw the ball very, very well, took his teeth into the ball game, and uh, he was very, very much under control and very calm. I think he was excited about the opportunity, and obviously he managed uh, his emotions very, very well and did a nice job. Ricky, uh, you had um, Bummer and Marshall both ready in the eighth. Uh, how did you kind of walk that line knowing that both – you know, Lucas has obviously been tremendously good, and you had a decent lead, but you, it seemed like you were also kind of working batter to batter to him a little bit uh, there in the eighth. What was kind of your mindset approaching that? Because all of us have seen in 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 games where someone is throwing a, a, a tremendously a, a wonderful ball game, all of a sudden one hit comes, and all of a sudden it starts to unravel, and uh, everybody thinks, "Well, he's throwing such a great ball game." When when it really ultimately is about the team. And I think we had to have uh, an opportunity to be able to, at least if needed, be able to get in there and, and if something was evolving to to try to put a stop to it. And uh, obviously he did a great job and uh, got us deep into the ball game. And, and that's that's the thinking. I mean, you just don't want to be surprised by something if it starts to unravel and you don't have any options available to you because you're saying to yourself, well, he's throwing so good. I've seen too many games where uh, – no hitter goes into turns into a loss because nobody's ready to go ahead and uh, maybe stop uh, something that starts to steamroll. And we just did our due diligence. That's all. He was throwing the ball great, and we knew he was throwing the ball great, and we were expecting that he would continue to throw the ball great. But we still have to have an out. That's Ricky Renteria after the game meeting the media. The Chicago White Sox win four to one over the Athletics. A uh, big game today for Adam Engel. He has two hits, the one run scored. The one RBI with the home run, the solo shot in the top of the second to put the White Sox up early, one nothing on the A's. Here's Adam Engel meeting the media after the game. Adam, what does it feel like to have your very first hit to be a home run in the playoffs? Cheryl. Oh, man, incredible. Um, yeah, once I hit it, you know, just rounding the bases was like one of those things that, you know, pregame, you know, you're trying to kind of envision your at-bats and, and uh, you know, kind of put yourself in the box and, you know, you, you try and envision success up there. And then when it actually happens, it's just such a cool feeling. My family was here to see it. So a uh, really special moment. Adam, uh, you got sent down in May of uh, 2019 to kind of work on your offense. And since you come back, you, you've been a, you know, a much better hitter. Like, do you look back on that moment as a, as a turning point into being kind of the offensive guy you are now uh, and having this moment in the playoffs? Absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, I remember having conversations with uh, Frank Minichino last year in AAA. And, um, you know, obviously nobody wants to, to get sent down. But um, he was like, you know, man, sometimes something like this has to happen to kind of catapult you into, um, you know, the player that you can ultimately be. And 
Um, at the time, you know, it sounds, you know, like, you know, obviously you want that to happen, but you're still in triple A and you're like, yeah, I, you know, I still got a long way to go, but, um, I learned a lot down there, especially from him and, uh, learned a lot about myself as a, as an offensive player. So, um, you know, if I, if I don't get some down last year, I don't know if, if I'm where I'm at today. Um, so it's definitely something that, you know, I tried to, to make the most of and, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to be where I'm at now. And a lot of people talk about Jose's time with the White Sox. You know, this is his seventh year. You've been with the organization, though, for seven years yourself. So, granted, not at the major league level that whole time. But what does it mean to be part of the postseason with this team and kind of be, you know, along here with some of these younger guys coming up and seeing it all come, start to come to fruition this year? Yeah, man, this is, uh, this is something that, you know, we've been waiting for for a while now. I think, um, especially at the big league level, you know, we've got a lot of guys that, lost a hundred games, you know, a couple of years ago. And, uh, we talk about that. Um, you know, obviously the new guys didn't really experience that, but you know, we know what that feels like. And, uh, I think it's fueled us big time. Um, you know, it's, it's really fun to be here with these guys. There's a lot of guys that, you know, I played with in the minor leagues at one time or another. And, um, you know, those guys, obviously I played with multiple years here in the big leagues now. So, um, I love it here. You know, I love, I love the team. Um, the new guys are obviously very, very special, very talented, players so um you know we're just trying to to make a run out of here to play our best baseball and see, you know see where it takes us adam angle after the game the Sox win four to one you ready for a set of the night up doll yeah zombies on base percentage was 476 stat of the night damon's on base 324 and almeida's was 291 on the baseball show add that up and you get Want me to speak? When I'm pointing you here. 1092. On ESPN 1000. There's a lot to choose from with Lucas Giolito. Well, yeah, we could say 100. He threw 100 mm-hmm, pitches. Mm-hmm, he had eight strikeouts. Mm-hmm. We could go with a time. I mean, 65 uh, strikes. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot there with Lucas Giolito, but I'm going to flip it on you. I'm going to give you something else. How about 15? Okay. 15. The number is 15. Well, in the regular season, the White Sox went 14-0 and against left-handed starters in 2020, becoming the first team in Major League Baseball history to go undefeated during an entire season against an, a starter of one side or the other, lefty mm. or righty. Mm. Today they win, so mm. now they're at 15. Okay. I'm going to give you 15 for the Saturday night. Okay. Shout okay. out to Giolito, but Shout I out. feel like we needed that offense to give you some runs early oh, yeah. to allow Giolito to keep rolling. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I'm going to give you 15. Stat of the night. Shout out to the White Sox. Yeah, and tomorrow Chris Bassett is a right-handed pitcher, so um, got to be right-handed pitching tomorrow. Right. Their dog. I suggest taking advantage of that. I Dallas. like it. I like the mojo. I Listen, like the way it's going. And then also you get, get Kyle Hendricks right time, on man. the mound for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, we will break down that game uh, tomorrow night as well here on the baseball show at 6 o'clock. Waddle and Sylvie will jump on the moment the Cubs and the Marlins end tomorrow. You can hear the game right here on ESPN 1000 at 1245. Coming back in two minutes, Black and Abdallah. Uh, we're going to talk some Bears football coming up next. Oh. The Baseball Show with Black and Abdallah. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago Chicago app.